0: Welcome to the Building Interest Podcast presented by LeaderBank, a series of free-flowing conversations on a wide range of banking and money-related subjects. We are here to discuss all the issues that impact your financial future. Do you want to buy a home, start a small business, or secure your financial future? Or maybe you want to maximize your savings ability, get your budget in order. We can help. Our talks with experts and influencers across the world of banking will set you in the right direction. I'm your host, Greg Farber. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Building Interest Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Farber, and today it is my pleasure to be joined by Mike King, originator at LeaderBank, and Kristen Bucher, realtor partner at Keller Williams Realty Showcase Properties. Thank you both for taking the time to be here today.
1: Thank you. Pleasure Thanks, to be great. here. Great to be here.
0: Mike, always a pleasure to see you again. You've been with LeaderBank for quite some time now in the residential lending industry even longer. Can you give our listeners some insight into your career, how you got started, and kind of just bring us up to speed what brought you here to where you are today?
2: Sure, sure. So I, um, so I started at Leader Bank back in two thousand nine. Um, I did as I, well. And you, the same as you. Okay. Yeah. All right. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. But it was a good year, obviously. I guess yeah. so.
0: Bank's always been growing. <laughs> That's
2: right. Um, so I started in the industry uh, back in nineteen ninety three. So this coming March of ninety of two thousand twenty three will be thirty years for me, which is pretty mind boggling. Wow. To think that. Um, so I basically got into the business pretty much out of college. I had a two year stint just out of college at the IRS and I was approached by a family member, um, who was opening an office for a company called Arbor National Mortgage at that time. And asked me if I would be interested in, you know, in giving that a try. Um, so at the time the, you know, I didn't really think the IRS gig was going too far and I don't think I really wanted it to go too far. So I was open to giving it a shot and, you know, I just said, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give this thing a shot and, uh. You're going to have to teach me what a mortgage is. And then that was pretty much it. You know, she trained me and, and off I went.
0: Yeah, I had a similar start. Came out of college, had no idea what a mortgage was and ended up working for a mortgage company. So <laughs> yeah. I, I totally am familiar with what you're describing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what made you choose Leader all those years ago?
2: So Leader, so let's see, it was through 93 and then, had, you know, worked for a couple of different companies. And then 2009, I was at the Needham branch that I'm still at today, today, um, you know, with Jim Shanahan and Dave Kersman as managers. We had worked for a few years at, at Summit Mortgage, and it was back in the 2008 time when things were getting a little hairy in the mortgage business, and Summit was going out of business. So we had to find a new place to work. We uh, we went to First Mariner as a group, uh, First Mariner Bank, which was out of Baltimore. And I think we were there for maybe a year and a half, and that just was not working out. So we kind of went back out, and we shopped ourselves as this branch of underwriters processes and you know successful loan officers and just needed a place to work and it was kind of um really us going out interviewing companies and uh leader was the one that we chose for uh you know for a few different reasons
0: nice that's a that's a great story um so just for the listeners who may not know you mentioned loan officer originator we kind of use those terms interchangeably what does it mean to be an originator and what does your day-to-day look like
2: so being an originator is is essentially you're a salesperson you're uh, you, you have your own business even though you are a w2 employee of, of the bank and you have 401k and benefits and so forth but it's a full commission job it's owning your own business and and uh, just managing that day to day so every day is different you wake up and you know obviously you're always looking at your pipeline of loans and you know what's maybe what commitment dates are coming up what closing dates are coming up making sure that's all working correctly um, you're just you know, it's, I, sometimes I liken it to oh, just having a store. You know, like you show up at your store, and customers come in, and you deal with them. And sometimes you get more customers than others. And,
0: and you start um, to finish. You're from the moment they start looking for a loan all the way to the closing.
2: Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So that's the that's the part that's the part of the of the uh, dealing with the customer part of it. I guess is that you take them from a pre-approval all the way through the process. You know, when they find a house, and then take them through the process to the to get to the closing table.
0: So Kristen, again, welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, Please tell us about yourself and your background as well and and how long you've been in the industry and kind of what makes you tick in in your role.
1: Sure. So I've been in um, real estate for 15 years. I started in 2007 um, and then I went to um, Keller Williams in 2009. So I've been there ever since. Um, I'm from the hotel restaurant business, so I went to Johnson & Wills in Rhode Island and Got right into the hotel business and worked in catering um, sales as well as banquet manager. So I did that for many, many years. Um, When I got pregnant with my oldest daughter, Rachel, I said, well, let's just stay home for a little bit, you know, raise the baby. Um, and then I got pregnant with my second daughter, Lauren, and I want to get back to work as <laughs> so much as I love them very much. Um, and but I just chose wanted a whole to, new industry. Yeah, I did. I did. I'm like, okay, what can I do now? And one of my neighbors, um, was a real estate agent who actually sold me my house. Um, so I talked to her a little bit and I said, that sounds like fun. So it wasn't even really planned. Um, and um, I ended up working um, at a company. They just really hired me. I didn't even have my license yet. Um, I didn't know anything about it. Um, but I went in every day and kind of listened to what they had to say and got my license and just kind of went from there. So I kind of fell into it. But um, I love it. It's fun. So I mean, much
0: like Mike, you you both yeah. kind of learned the industry from scratch. Yeah. And discovered that it's it's the right fit for you.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: So what's what's your favorite part of being at uh, Keller Williams Showcase now?
1: Um, you know what. I know everybody says this, I love the people, right, Mike? Yeah, love the absolutely. people, great, great group of people. Um, not just because of, you know, who they are, too. I mean, yeah, of course, because of who they are. Um, but, you know, just the collaboration that we have with each other and how we help each other, and it's not like a cutthroat business like some people think that real estate is. You know, I could go to one of my colleagues and say, hey, listen, you know, I have a listing presentation at 123 Main Street, you know what do you think about this? What do you think about this price? And they're not going to go and run over and try to call the client. You know, I have faith that that I mean, I just know that's never going to happen. So um, the people really and then um, the training as well, like we have a lot of high level training. Um, we have a gr- great group of, you know, um, trusted partners that we work with too who come in and train as well. So we always are knowing what's going on, you know, in the industry. Um, so yeah, so those two main things.
0: So kind of the same question for you Mike you know I'm just trying to get a feel for things too you know you've been doing it a long time what keeps you passionate and excited about doing this every day and 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 helping you know get these loans through
2: yeah I think for me I think it's a, it's the challenge of, of every deal can be somewhat different and uh, I think I'm somewhat of a problem solver as a part of my personality so sometimes you get these you know the, the easy deals we love because it's you know as you know as a underwriter the you know w2 pay stub. You know, own one property and bang, it's approved, right? But then you get the self-employeds. That oh come yeah, in and the
1: self-employeds. They own
2: yeah. other properties and so forth, and you know, trying to figure out where their down payment's coming from, and it, sometimes it's kind of like putting a puzzle together, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, figuring out how to turn that uh, that challenging situation into a, into a loan that you can get approved.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. So now, how long have you both known each other, and how did you start working together professionally?
1: So um, since two thousand nine, actually. Mike might not know this, but it is Um, because actually Mike was a um, trusted partner at Keller Williams right when they opened, right? In 2007, they incubated, right? So he's been there ever since. And then I joined in 2009 and Mike was there. So that's how we met. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Worked out well. Right? Absolutely. That's
0: a great story. It's been going for a long time. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So given your vast experience and as we mentioned, kind of homegrown and, and sort of seeing the industry through your own eyes, not through someone else's lens all this time.
1: Sure.
0: I imagine you guys have seen cycles in the housing market and experienced highs and lows in terms of prices and interest rates and housing inventory, all of that. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you manage those swings and how you and your buyers and your borrowers can overcome those difficult stages. Maybe, Mike, let's start with you, and then Kristen just jump in and, and, and share as well. Sure.
2: So I guess as far as you know, managing the, the swings, um, in, in when you say swings, you mean business volume, you know, high to low, or
0: yeah, anything um, that really impacts you, right? I mean, you see on the news that rates are way up, and so you you imagine that means there might be fewer borrowers, or you correct. hear on the news that there's a housing crunch, there's not enough inventory. Mm-hmm. So how are we, you know, how do you manage your 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 borrowers and your your clients through that, and make sure that they're able to get what they need?
2: Okay, yep. So obviously, yeah, lately rates have have increased significantly from where they were even at the beginning of the year. So that's created the challenge i mean it's taken some people from hoping that they could be in let's say the 650 range and drop them down to the 550 range yeah uh so that and on, that really i think more falls on Kristen because now she's gonna change you know the market that she's showing people right
1: uh, and on, i need to call like the lender you know every week you know every time you're putting an offer in okay what's the rate right can mm-hmm. they still Do put an still offer in path? on this price like literally it's could be even day by day but it could be yeah, yeah
2: definitely so if you, have, if you have someone that's really at the top of what they qualify for and rates jump at a half mm-hmm. all, that,
0: all of a sudden they don't qualify an anymore right now right.
2: We have to look at s- something slightly lower so mm-hmm. you know man it's really just managing that making sure that people are aware of what the payments gonna look like um, you know if they still want to stay in that in that same market maybe come up with a, with a way for them to come you know maybe put more down maybe borrow from 401ks just as says an example to try <coughs> to drop that payment down, with, mm-hmm. with more down payment. Um,
0: so if we see one of these drastic swings, it doesn't mean all of a sudden there's no loans available or there's no houses available. It just means you have to rework setting the expectations with your customers, what they can realistically get, uh, and how to get to their goal. Absolutely.
2: absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, that's it. Yeah.
0: So taking that into account, how do you see the current state of the market and kind of where things are going in, in the coming months? Huh.
1: Go ahead. I mean, if you...
0: We don't have a crystal ball, unfortunately. We, we, we
1: don't. And uh, if I was here a week ago, it would be different. Um, I de- I've definitely seen a change, like, literally in a week. That quickly? Yeah, yeah. I have I don't know. Maybe the interest <laughs> rates. Maybe. Um, I, I think the buyers are just not – they're not willing to give their kidney away anymore. I keep saying that as an example. You know, before they were just, like, putting everything down, waving everything. Um, now I think they're just taking a step back, thinking about it, looking at the house, saying, OK, do I want this house? Let me talk to my loan officer. What What's it going to cost now? And they really are taking time. Um, the average days till market now is 14. So it's not happening within three days. Now, some houses are, of course, and some aren't, right? That's why it's an average of 14. Um, but I think they're really kind of taking their time now and being a little bit more picky than they were before. And they're probably just tired, really.
0: You see yeah. a similar impact on the lending side, Mike?
2: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So just this week, I've actually had a couple of uh, deals where people have been out there looking for quite a while. And mm-hmm. you know they found properties and had, had offers accepted. And they actually got them accepted at slightly below the list price, yep. which has been unheard of over the past two years.
0: Right. All we've been hearing is going over market.
2: Right. So if, if a print generally like a year ago, if someone said to me, hey, there's a house for six fifty and I'm gonna offer six thirty in my in my mind, I'd say, "Yeah, right, good luck you know right, but you know, it's actually i think it's starting to come back now, and I think maybe sellers are realizing that you know they can't they're not gonna get into that that bidding war situation every time they put a house in the market, so they you know, yeah would agree with that
1: yeah i mean i i I think it's really on their realtor to educate their buyers and their sellers. You know, the buyer should have a buyer presentation with their agent and feel comfortable in that person that they're going to do the right thing for them and they know how to write offers and and whatnot. And on the listing side, you know, talk to the sellers about th- the market changing. There's been a lot of price breaks recently yeah. because I think a lot of, you know, sellers feel like, oh, but my neighbor's house sold for X. Well, yeah, but that was like It sold a month ago, but it also was under contract three months prior to that. So it's really not the same market anymore. So it's more of an education to kind of explain to everybody, this is what's really happening. And everybody just kind of understanding it and going with it, you know.
0: You always hear the phrase, history repeats itself. And Mm -hmm. I feel like borrowers in, in particular tend to have a short memory and no one really remembers that, you know, there was a time when we had rates that are higher than they are today or how recently we had a housing bubble and, and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, so you think consumer sentiment is kind of catching up to that a little bit now? Or do you think the average home buyer slash borrower kind of still has a different feeling of where things stand than what you just shared?
2: I think that people people know. I think there's enough information out there, and if they're, they're reading the news, and if, if they're mm-hmm. getting ready to buy, I think it's on their radar to get an idea of what rates are at. So
1: yeah, and and to that point too, I think going back to you know what are buyers doing and why is it why has it been like a really quick change in the market um, is because I feel like with the media and the news and what they're listening to, the buyers think that the market's going to crash. Like any day now it's going to crash and I'm just going to wait and then I can get my, this house for really cheap. I don't necessarily think that's going right. to happen. Hopefully the rates will go down a little bit more, right? Yeah, I think that um, they, in, in a lot of buyers' minds, they just think that the market's going to change so quickly that I think they're a little hesitant right write those offers right now because they're waiting to see. Right. On Thursday, is it going to be worth that's fifty thousand less? Right. You know.
0: So what everybody hears is that the market is very volatile, but in reality, you're yeah. saying the actual market is more stable than people might think. It's changing. It's, it's
1: changing, you know, but yeah, but I think it's kind of leveling ra- out. Crazy fluctuations. Yeah, yeah I right. think it's more leveling out. Yeah, say more think?
2: of a. More of a. Yeah, I don't even know if you could use the word correction, but more yep. like a leveling out. Like you said, it's not. There's, uh, there's no crash that's seems to be coming down the road. In right, my
1: opinion, anyway. So, and it depends on who you talk to, right? Everybody has their opinions, right? <laughs> right. right. Everybody's got you know, that. but but for the most part, most of the people are saying that it's not going to have a huge crash. I think people thinking like maybe 2007, um, 2007, right. yeah, let's right have that again, but I don't necessarily think yeah, that's that going to happen.
2: Some other reasons, exactly,
1: right? Yeah,
0: and I imagine that's part of your job too, is yep. really to make customers aware of how you perceive that and that. This is still a good time to work with you guys and and, and get where they want to be and, and find that house they want to buy or whatever, mm-hmm. and not necessarily panic. Right. right.
2: Well, yeah. and one of the examples I like to use if someone does bring that up is okay. Well, if you want to talk about 2008, well, maybe you bought a house in 2004, and then what was it worth in 2008? And what is that house worth today?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. right. So right. long term, it's still a it's lot still, higher. Yes. Right.
2: Right. So it, it did come back and quite a bit over that. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, and quality of life, too. You know, what's your intention with the property? Like, are you planning on living there long term, you know, raising your family or whatever it is? Then buy it now. Why? What, what right. are you going to wait for? You know, if that's a perfect house in the perfect area, do it. And if the interest rate's a little higher, yeah, right. not fantastic, but call Mike when yeah. it lowers and refi. Right? You can right? always right. refinance. Yeah. You know,
2: um, adjustable rate mortgages are becoming more popular now, too.
0: Every client's going to be a little bit different, obviously, but is there kind of a a most important thing that you think buyers really need to know when they're entering the market for a new home right now? Is there kind of just a key, this is really where you need to start, keep this in mind and then we'll we'll go from there?
1: Yeah, I think they need to be patient. First off, that's it's you know, tough these days, it's very we're, in tough. This, we're in this
0: now society.
1: We are and everything's moving pretty quickly. Um, and I know, uh, again, if we talked a couple weeks ago, everyone was, you know, buyers are writing 20, 30 offers on properties for like a year and a half and nothing was getting accepted. Um, but that has changed. But still, you still need to be patient because there are still homes that are in multiple offer situations. And, um, and I say this to all of my clients and they probably don't believe me when I say it, but when they close, they admit that, that I was right. Um, (laughs) it always works out, you know, when they find that house and they close on that house and I say, well, aren't you glad this one didn't work out? Yes. I'm glad this is, this is the house. So it is. And it always does work out even though it doesn't feel like it when you're in the middle of it. I can you know?
0: I can attest to that yeah. same sentiment where when we bought our current house we looked at a bunch of different places and yes this one stood out as the one that that we wanted to, to buy versus the other ones we looked at yeah. but looking back some of the other places the neighborhoods have changed or things like that and I, I'm very pleased that we ended up where we did and yeah. so it was one of those where yeah sometimes looking back it is more of a success story than than you might think
1: right yeah. right and the other thing too that I think is important is they have to understand that time is of the essence.
0: Even though they have to be patient.
1: Even though have to be patient. Yeah. So like if so right. hurry, don't hurry. Exactly, okay. right? Exactly. Because really, you know, if 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 that's the home that you want and you know, we need to make sure that you've you know, Mike's gone over the pre-approval and make sure that the new interest rate matches what they want to pay per month and they can still get qualified. Um, and at the same time you gotta put that offer in and be available to sign things electronically, answer the phone and like be available to get the transaction like kind of moving forward.
0: So you have to be patient to get it right, but right. then ready to act when the time is right.
1: Exactly. Okay. Thank you. I don't know yes. if anybody's
2: a poker player, but it's like <laughs> you have to be patiently aggressive. Yes. Right?
1: There you go. That makes yeah. sense. I like See. that. We'll go with that. Like, patiently aggressive.
2: Patiently aggressive.
0: <laughs> so now okay. we're obviously we're talking about what you guys do, but I want to focus a little bit more on you guys um, versus just the clients themselves. Um, how do you plan to to achieve success or to continue being successful in in the next few years and and what does success look like for you? what does that mean beyond sort of the obvious you know I closed more loans than the month before or I sold more houses than the year before sure beyond that obvious what what is success for you and how are you gonna how are you gonna get there or stay there
2: that's I mean for me, success is you know for, at this point in my career is to continue doing the job that I do, you know, being the trusted advisor to my clients and my referral partners and, you know, taking pride in what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then really just living a good life and being a good parent and, you know, and uh, enjoying my time and my hobbies and my children and friends and so forth, you know, being being able to balance that. Uh, To me, that's true success.
1: I agree. The freedom. I mean, even more now since... COVID happened I think a lot of people have adjusted their mindset I mean especially colleagues that I talk to on a daily basis you know life's too short you know do your job do it really well take care of your clients take time off be with your family as much as you can go on vacations and you know live a great life because tomorrow's not guaranteed right I
2: will say, I'll give Leader a plug, because Leader Mm -hmm. makes it easy to do that, because we've got the app that we have to send out pre-approvals. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm at the beach, I'm at my son's basketball game, and I'm sending out pre-approval letters because someone sent me a text.
1: I can attest to that. That is true. (laughs) I I call them like every Saturday, right? Where are you? On the beach. Okay, uh, sorry, but...
0: (laughs) Well, I was was just going to ask you that. I mean, you guys both work in high demand, time-intensive positions, and you kind of have to be available for the client whenever they need you, and not necessarily when you want to be available available, right? True. right? And, and, and how do you, I mean, obviously you shared the example of being on the beach and using an app to, to handle a pre-approval, but I mean, how do you balance that work life? I mean, you said success in a lot for you is being there with family and friends and things. And yet work is always there, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you balance that?
2: It's just, you know, it's, I've been doing it for so long now. It's just part of my life. It's uh, like I could literally, I was thinking about this in the drive in, you know, I could have, I can get a text message from my wife I can get a text message from an old college buddy and they get, and they get a text message from a customer that needs me to, you know, update their pre-approval. And to me, they're all just text messages. I'm just returning them all. And like the third one, I'm like, okay, hold on. I got to, you know, pull over or something like that and pull up that app and send that pre-approval out.
0: So everybody kind of gets equal space in your head and and that way you can kind of kind of share the share the wealth.
2: There's definitely times when I just need to shut it out, you know, and uh, when when you kind of get to that point, like, okay, it's maybe it's Friday at six and okay, I've had enough. I just need to, put the phone away for a bit and just, you know, just concentrate on living my life. But, uh, but for the most part, it's, it's never really, it's never really overwhelming.
0: Right. You make it sound like it's hard work, but also fun.
2: Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's manageable.
0: Right.
1: You're better, better at it than I am. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) I'm not managing it. Um, but you said you had people that would help you out. Yeah, no, I do. I do. Um, You know, it goes in cycles for me because, again, you know, it is a high demand and and things are happening very quickly. So I need to be there for my clients. And um, so that kind of I steer that way a lot because I don't want a client to miss out on a property because I wasn't available to them. Right. Um, So, you know, it depends on how much business I have going on at the time. Where my where my balance is. So okay. right now I'm really off balance. <laughs>
2: well, in in <laughs> you know. fairness, your business is more of an in your face business too. Yeah, so mine's I'm usually behind a computer or behind a phone. Right. And yeah. you're like kind of All face to the face. Place.
1: Yeah, right. exactly. Driver so around the car. Yeah. When I have sellers that say I didn't want to list my house today, you know, I've got to list the house today. If I have buyers say, hey, this house just came on, I want to go see it. I can't go to the open house on Saturday, and who knows if even going to be there on Saturday. I gotta I gotta go. Right. And that's fine. I'm okay with it because I. I love doing that. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be in this business. Um, So my balance um, changes throughout the year. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, I, I can do this and I can shut it off at a certain time and other times I can't. Mike and I were actually talking about this on the way up that now that it's like lighter out, like at eight, eight thirty at mm-hmm. night, you know, I feel like I'm getting a lot more calls now. Like I'm doing more with my clients because it seems like it's only four o'clock in the afternoon, right. and then I look at my clock. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. like, like mentally, everybody thinks, oh, it's still the middle <laughs> right. of the day. Exactly. I can give for a yeah. call or whatever. Exactly, and I feel like in my head it's the same thing too. I don't realize it until after I'm off the phone too. Um, but uh, I do try to like do as much as I can as having weekends off you know, just to have a little bit more of that Set balance and be, and be more with my family yeah. and, and do those things. Yeah.
0: So I kind of want to go back to, to the beginning and, and we talked to the beginning how you have each found your way into your roles. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of ended up in banking the same way, like I said, out of college. And then I spent 20 years in residential lending without really ever consciously choosing to do that as a career path. Right. It just sort of happened. And then it grew organically within that. And I'm glad I went down that path um so in in parting and just is there any you know advice for listeners that are looking to maybe get into the industry Mm -hmm. or those just starting out their career why this might be a good path for them Mm -hmm. um for people who are interested in learning more about your roles sure sure i I mean
2: i for me i think it's just so great to be able to be entrepreneurial and you know and just make your own schedule and have flexibility um i've always said that's probably my favorite part of of being in this type of business, your success is that. up to you. Exactly. Yes. It's it's mm-hmm. right, sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 It's how for how hard you want to work, and you know, and just you know, educate yourself and know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And else, but also from the personal side, about just having that flexibility of you know, if you want to take a weekend and go someplace, or you know, when when you have kids and you want to go watch them play sports yeah. and you know their dance recitals and so forth, there's never a time you have to say, "Well, I can't get there because I'm working."
0: Right. You yeah. coach too, right?
2: I coach. Yeah. yeah. I coached, I You know. <laughs> couldn't even, couldn't count how many games I coached between basketball and baseball and football. So
0: so going back to success, you said the sky is the limit. So in these yeah. roles, you can work as hard as you want. You can be as successful as you want, whatever yeah. that means. Some people's yeah. success might mean different things, yeah. and yeah. and you have the chance to to sort of forge it your own way.
1: Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. 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 Sky's the limit. You have to work for it though, and I think yeah. a lot of people in real estate don't really realize that because they watch HGTV (laughs) and they think like, oh, I only have to show three houses and they're going to pick one and that's going to be it. Or I'm going to do an open house and I'm going to make all this money and that's it. That's not the business. You know, Um, you know, you need to learn the business. You're dealing with people. You're dealing with a lot of money, you know, their livelihood. Um, So you really need to learn the business. And um, I think some people get into it because of the flexibility. Mm -hmm. Right. But flexibility as far as, you know, if you're sick or if you do want to go on vacation, not like never go to work, right, (laughs) Right. all week. That's not what flexibility really means. Um, But you have to have a passion to help people, I feel like, in this business, especially in, you know, selling real estate. You have to have a passion to help people with a big part of their life.
0: Buying a house and getting a mortgage are some of the biggest life decisions most people will make during their entire lives. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah, I, I, and I would say that just to, like what Kristen said, you I, I, and I did say you have the flexibility part, but you do have to be willing to work hard.
1: Oh, you part? have to, yeah.
2: especially when you first start out. Right, mm-hmm. you have to. Be, you have to work the weekends, the nights, yeah. and put yourself out there. And um, you know the benefits will come if you do the right things.
1: Right, and you have the flexibility not to work either. You do right. That's right. <laughs> and well, you have it, the flexibility and, not to be yeah, successful if yeah, exactly. you don't want to. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you, you and take if too you don't, advantage of right. That. right. And if you take too much, then that's where yeah. you're at. You know, right. you get what you put into it. Yeah. Really, Definitely. yeah, that's
0: that's great. Well, yeah. thank you both so much. Thank you for being here and chatting with yeah. me today. Any any final thoughts? Feel free. And uh, again, thank you so much.
1: No, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. So, this was great. This Thanks was great. Yeah.
0: Us. Keller Williams Realty Showcase Properties is not affiliated with or owned by Leader Bank NA, and all opinions expressed by Kristen Bucher are her own and not the opinions of Leader Bank. For additional information on the credit costs and terms of any of the loan types discussed during this episode, including current annual percentage rates, please contact LeaderBank at 1-855-294-4488 to speak to a loan officer. Adjustable rate loans discussed have annual percentage rates that may increase after your loan closes. For more information on today's subject, visit LeaderBank.com. In addition to past episodes, you can also find our corresponding blog entries there for more insights. This podcast is a production of LeaderBank N.A. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC, NMLS number 449250.